Do you have a true scary story you want to see on this channel? You should send it my way. Go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below and thank you. I've been working as a gas station attendant for quite a while, somewhere close to 10 years, mostly because I have a record, and I had some demons in my past that made me struggle with living a normal life. That said, I am clean and healthy again, but working at my local station has been almost therapeutic. It's not a terribly difficult job, It's not overly demanding. The pay is enough for what I need, and I get to talk to various people that I both want and don't want to know. That, and I just uh, get to do my job and not be bothered with too much. And it's kind of tough to get fired. The more I talk about it, the more I realize I really do like this job, which may sound weird, but... eh, I'm kind of weird myself. Anyways, all that aside, I've been doing this for a long time, like I said, and I haven't had too much happen that's been too terribly crazy. We were robbed once, when I wasn't working, and the police were there within literal seconds. The guy got shot, but survived. And after that, we were pretty much never hit again. We actually still have a bullet hole in the back wall from where one of the officer's rounds hit. It's a good conversation piece for the newbies at the very least. It's a good way to say to them, Look, this isn't the safest job in the world. And stuff happens. But you're more likely to get attacked walking out in the streets than you are behind the thick plastic that we have between ourselves and the customers. So... All that aside, let's get into the one major event that made me dislike this job just a little bit. It's less of a scary story, and more like an unsettling event-slash-situation to be put in. Plus, it kind of messed with my head, to be honest. It all started on a Thursday night, which is not a busy night for our station. We usually get around 70% of our foot traffic Friday through Sunday, so I was pretty tired and bored with the night. Anyways, we get a customer that walks in the door, and I immediately knew it was going to be a problem. This guy looked incredibly familiar to me, and I could tell by the look in his eyes that he recognized me. For most people... That wouldn't be an issue. For me, that meant that he was probably a druggie and that I most likely knew him from back when I was a user. Based on his appearance, which I know you really shouldn't do, he was a user. When you work in retail, and when you know those kinds of people, you tend to watch them to make sure they aren't shoving things in their pockets. I was watching this guy like a hawk keeping my eye on him and on the camera screens. To my surprise, he didn't do anything bad. He didn't take anything, he just grabbed some chips, candy, a Red Bull, and a few other things. 
Then he walked up to the counter and gave me a mostly toothless smile. Being as polite as I could, I asked how he was that evening, just trying to make small talk and keep it shallow. He tells me that he is doing alright. I start scanning his items, and then I turn to tell him his total, and he smacks the counter with his hand, making me jump. As soon as he does, he shouts, Wait a minute! Daniel! I knew I recognized you, Danny! How you been, man? Which, again, was something I was hoping wouldn't happen. I've been clean for a long time. I've avoided these kinds of people for years and have been trying to keep myself on the straight and narrow. I told him I was doing good, and that I was just chugging along, (laughs) keeping clean and working hard. He laughed and told me that he was trying to stay off the junk, and that it was really hard. I agreed. I told him that it takes time and a lot of willpower, but it's worth it. I told him that ever since I stopped using, life became more clear, and I realized what kind of damage I was doing to myself. I knew it was probably preachy, but I was hopeful that I could get him to see that being clean was important. After a bit more of me trying to convince him that being clean was worth it, and even mentioning and giving him the name of a great rehab center in the area... He literally asks me if I know where he can score some heroin. I just paused, and I stared at him. My jaw clenched and my eyes half-closed. He realized that he had just asked someone that had been clean for years where to get drugs. I know he realized this because he said he was sorry and out of line, which should have been enough, but honestly, he hit a nerve. I didn't say much more to him. I just finished bagging his stuff and told him to have a good night in a manner that could be seen as cold. I felt bad, but at the same time, you don't ask a former addict, one that worked hard to get clean, if they can help you score a hit. You just don't do it. After he left, I kind of just forgot about him. I moved on with my night. We had a few more customers, but overall, the night was pretty standard. I rang up everyone, stocked the shelves when I could, and pretty much just killed the hours cleaning and so forth. About four or five hours later, my second person came in for the end of my shift, so... I could go ahead and start doing the outdoor cleaning. Trash, pumps, and cleaning up the lot. Anyways, Jay gets in, he clocks in, I run the count on the register and put it in the book in the back. I then inform him that I'm going to take out the trash, so he takes over the register. I get all the bags ready, and I head out to the back towards where the dumpster is. I throw the first bag in, and the sound seems off. It sounded like there was something in the dumpster. It may sound really dumb, but after doing this for damn near a decade, there are patterns and things like that that sort of click in your head. 
They empty the dumpster midday around here on Thursdays, so it should have been empty. And the trash bags usually make a decent thump in an empty dumpster. This time, it didn't. It sounded like it hit something soft at the bottom. My first thought was maybe they just didn't pick up the trash earlier, which would have been an issue as the owner pays extra for that service. I sighed. I put my foot up on the rung, and I hopped up to look in the dumpster. And then, I see him. The guy that came into the store a few hours prior. The guy that asked me where he could get some heroin, was lying on the bottom of the dumpster and was clearly blitzed out of his mind. He even still had the cloth around his arm. I was livid. This guy had seriously jumped in our dumpster to shoot up. He seriously had the audacity to do this after everything I had said to him. I threw the second bag off to the side and went back into the store. I then told Jay to call the cops. I told him that some junkie had shot up in the dumpster and passed out, and that we needed the cops and probably a paramedic. He called 911. I told him to wait out front for the cops and that I would take over the store until then. He did as I asked. I called the boss to let them know what was going on, and he said he would be there in about 30 minutes. This whole time, I'm just fuming at the fact that I told this guy, this guy that I knew from back when I was hooked on drugs, all about how I got clean, how life was worth it, and how he should look into getting help. And I even gave him the name of the facility I went through, and then he felt it was okay to go get trashed in our trash. My anger was, best way to put it, short-lived when the paramedics showed up. I expected them to just pull him out, wheel him up on the stretcher, and get him to the ER. Then, I noticed that, with the stretcher, they pull out one of those plastic body bags. My rage immediately shifted to a deep sense of pity, Jay came back in with the boss and one of the officers, and they asked questions, obviously. I told them that he came in earlier and bought some stuff and that we chatted. I told them that I actually recognized him from back when I was an addict, but that I was clean and hadn't seen him for at least ten years prior. They then informed me that they found the candy and a half-empty bag of chips on his person, along with a card that I had written the number for the rehab facility on. They also informed me that he pretty much for certain died of an overdose, that he probably just overdid it and passed out, then didn't wake up. Honestly, this was a terrible situation, and while I was upset that he went and did that, I was just as depressed over the fact that I was probably the last person this guy talked to. I know that there was nothing more that I could have done, and I feel like had this guy woken up in the morning and saw the card with the number when he was sober, he might have gone and gotten help. Of course, we'll never know, and it really does haunt me that, had I not gotten clean when I did, that could have been me in that situation. I do feel bad that he passed away, 
but users all know the risk when they push that needle in. I really, honestly do hope that he found peace on the other side. This actually happened to me a few years ago. I started working at a local gas station part-time after high school. I figured, if I'm staying home, I might as well do something productive and make my own money, too. Most shifts were at night, so they were either dead or full of drunks. But I usually worked with one other person, so it wasn't too bad. Especially when we had people get out of hand. I actually like it for the most part. On the slow nights, I let the neat freak in me come out and I start organizing the shelves better so that everything is lined up right, not scattered around and piled up. There was one guy, Mark, that usually worked the nights with me and he would play music on his phone. So it wasn't completely silent, which was nice. One downfall, though, was that I didn't have a car anymore, as mine finally died on me, so I had to rely on rides from my parents, friends, or sometimes an Uber to get to places. Still, it was manageable, because I only lived a few miles away from my home, so I could even walk there if I had to. I believe it was late September when this happened, because it wasn't too hot, but it had started getting cooler overnight. I decided to walk to work since it was nice out, and my parents weren't home to take me anyways. It was a normal shift, except it was also football season, so we were a bit busier before the games started. We were dead while it was on, and then we would get a quick burst of people at the end. As I'm ringing people up, I looked up to see my line and I noticed a guy in basketball shorts, socks with sandals on, and a shirt that said something about the gun show. High roll, am I right? He was looking right at me and smiling, so I just smiled back and continued working on the line. After a few, I looked back and noticed the line wasn't going down, so I called for Mark to come up and help. Sandal guy was up next, I noticed he had one of those tall cans of tea and nothing else. And he was still smiling, so I just said, I'm sorry you had to wait so long just for this. Without taking his eyes off of me, he said, Oh, it's alright, sweetie, as long as I get to see your beautiful smile. I haven't really dated much, nor have I had much experience in flirting, so... I didn't really know how to react. Not to mention he had to be close to my parents' age, so I just made some weird chuckle sound and didn't say another word. He paid with a card. I handed him his receipt without saying another word to him, and he said, Good night, sweetie, as he walked out. I didn't have time to process what happened, as I had a few more people in line, so... I just continued until we cleared out again. When I was done, I was about to ask Mark to help me with something when he said, Oh, sure, sweetie. He was a nice guy, 
We never had problems with each other, so I knew he was teasing, but it snapped me back to that when I started laughing and asked, So you saw that too? Was that not weird? He said he thought the dude was weird, but the flustered side of me was adorable. Funny to him, I didn't know what to say, and the guy was just... off, so none of that was enjoyable. Our night went back to normal for a while. He was in the back again as he did some of the book work while I was in front messing with the shelves. We were kind of shouting back and forth about something that we were both really involved in when someone came in. I started walking back around the counter when I noticed it was Sandal Guy again. He noticed me, and he waved, so I waved back, and he started walking towards the coolers in the back. I quickly made a comment to Mark about him being there and just waited for the dreadful checkout. He walked up to the counter and said, I forgot to get gas. If that was the case, why did he walk to the back? I just smiled and rang him up. As I handed him his receipt, he made sure to reach further in to touch my hand and said, I'm glad I decided to stop here tonight and smiled as he shook my hand. My hand was limp because I was not interested in this at all. At this point, Mark had walked out from the back and said, Hey Kate, my part's done. I'll take over. Thank God. I pulled my arm back real quick and dashed to the back and waited. I didn't hear another word from the guy, but I heard the bell on the door, and then Mark walked back to the back. He said when I turned around, the guy cocked his head like he was trying to look at my ass when he walked in front of his view. He said that when he noticed this, he grabbed his candy and dashed out the door. Who does that right in front of people? Anyways, the rest of the night was okay. We had some lady come in singing and got Mark to sing, so that was funny. We were having a good time. It was getting close to closing, so Mark had taken the trash out back so we could smoke, and I was up front again, reading a magazine. To my surprise, Sandals walks in again. It had to show on my face that I was not okay with this, but he again immediately smiled and was looking around quickly, like he was trying to find something. That's when he grabbed another candy bar and said, For you, Catherine Lee. I can't stay away. Can I give you a ride home so we can talk? I was shocked. My name badge says Kate. I don't go by Catherine or my middle name, so how would he have known that? I didn't know how to reply, so I just said, No, thanks, I have a ride. To which he said, But you walked here, right? How would he have known that? I just told him I had a ride and he would not stop, saying he wanted to get to know me more and take care of me. I remind you, was around 19 years old, and this guy could have been my father. I tried cutting him off to ask him if he was going to purchase anything when he tried to reach for my hand again and I pulled back. At this point, Mark walked back in right as he started pleading. Mark immediately walked over to the guy telling him that he needed to leave. 
He started shouting as he was being pushed out that he'll wait for me. Mark locked the door and made sure I was okay, but I was just more shaken up than anything. He had me doing some other things from there, like more organizing, stocking anything that was empty, and mopping while he watched the door. He would unlock the door to let people in and then lock it again. At closing, he was finishing the last things, so I'd pulled out my phone and opened up Facebook when I noticed I had a friend request. It was Sandals Guy. That's when I figured out where he knew my name from and also realized that my address was on there. I told Mark about this, and he suggested that he take me home. I didn't refuse, either. As we left, I was looking around to see if he was waiting, but I never saw anyone. As he was driving, he tried to loosen up the tension and joke with me, but I think we were both worried about it still. Once we got to my place, the lights were on, so I knew my parents were still up, thankfully, and I noticed Mark was still out there when I had gone in and locked the door. I thought it was just to make sure I got in okay. After I was in, I changed clothes and went to get something to eat, and there was a knock on the door. It was the cops. They were explaining that there was a report of a suspicious person, and gave a description and vehicle of the person. You know it, it was the same guy. So, I had to explain to my parents and the cops what happened. The cops said they would drive around a few times to make sure he didn't come back. And thankfully, he didn't. But they did tell us that if he did come back, to call them again. Unfortunately, there was little they could do since he hadn't actually done anything. The next time I worked, though, Mark explained what had happened. He said he noticed a car following us, but he didn't want to say anything and scare me. After I got inside, he saw the truck turn the corner onto my road, so he got out of his car and noticed it was the same guy as he was driving by. He said he thinks he recognized him too as he started to speed up, so he had called the cops to report it for us. I was so incredibly thankful for what he did, too. Thankfully, we never saw the guy again, so hopefully he got the hint. But you can bet that I did a lot of cleanup on my Facebook as well. Back in the early 2000s, I worked in a gas station slash rest stop that was off of a highway. It was one of those stops that was in the middle of nowhere, that you see as the single stop for the next 100 miles. So, it was quite the drive getting there, and getting home, but it was also quiet, for the most part. You can get some weirdos crossing the state line, but... It's always nice knowing you probably won't see the same person again. Outside truckers. Maybe. Sometimes, my husband would come in on his day off and sit up in one of the booths, reading or something, while I worked. I remember this event happening in the summer because it was so hot. So, 
I had the fans on near the front just to keep cool since I would be close to the doors. My husband wasn't feeling well, so he had stayed home, but there were two other people working. An older woman, Rosa, who worked in the kitchen area where we make the hot foods, and the other cashier, Evan. Rosa had left as we had closed the food station at 9, so it was just going to be the two of us. Again, with our location and it being as late as it was, we didn't get a lot of customers. More so, it would be people coming in to buy a phone charger, use the restroom, and sleep in the parking lot. It wasn't uncommon to see cars parked, but we still kept an eye on them for our safety. On this night, Evan had just walked away to get something to eat and take a short break. I was up front, sitting behind the register, reading, when a few people had walked in. By this time, it was around 11, so the first couple to walk in looked exhausted. They were looking at energy drinks and donuts, and all I could do was chuckle to myself, knowing that they were going to crash soon. While they were looking around, I saw another person walk in. Because the door makes a sound when it's opened, I looked over immediately to see them, and she turned her face away quickly as she started fidgeting with her hair. It was a woman who appeared to be by herself, but she stood out to me because she was wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Like I mentioned, it was summer, and it was hot. The state I'm in is known for being hot and miserably humid, so I thought it odd, especially because she didn't look cold. In fact, it looked like she was sweating. So, maybe she was ill. She looked like she hadn't brushed her hair either, but was trying to run her fingers through it and pull it around her face. Again, we can get some oddballs, so I didn't think anything else of it, other than to just watch to make sure that she didn't steal anything. After walking around a few aisles, she came up and while trying to avoid eye contact, she asked where the restrooms were. I noticed when she approached that she didn't really look well. Her face was pale, lips dry and cracked, and she was, in fact, sweating. I asked her if she was okay, and she smiled slightly, saying that she was just car sick. I let it go, as it was none of my business as long as she wasn't in any danger, or anything, and I pointed her to the restrooms. So, the restrooms are on the little diner-slash-food side, so she had to walk towards the other side to get there. We have one of those corner mirrors hanging so we could see people coming and going from that direction, though. I watched her walk over there and head down the hall with no issues. A couple of minutes later, the first couple walked up with, like, six different energy drinks, donuts, and two bottles of water. I remembered this because I teased them about the water-to-caffeine ratio, 
and convinced them to buy more water. I speak from experience, after all. We joked and talked for a bit, where they were from and headed, and how they mentioned they grossly underestimated how much they would spend on gas. They gave me a tent to put towards their gas, and they left. Shortly after, Evan came back up from break and we started talking about the couple that came in when the phone rang. There was a phone up front that was usually only used by us employees to call in or when we needed to make a call. Management when they would ask or remind us to do something and, of course, emergencies. It was the manager calling us, asking how it was going, and to check if Rosa turned off all the fryers and oven, as she had forgotten a few times. I remembered this because the kitchen is creepy when it's closed, because it gets really dark and all you can hear is the AC-slash-heater blowers, or faint talking from the front. So, what else does a lady do but ask the guy to go do it? So I stayed there, and I started reading again when Evan came back in one piece, thankfully, and we turned on the small TV that we had up there. It had been a few hours of us sitting, walking around, getting a customer here and there when we had one lady walk in and again ask for the restrooms. As she started walking in the back, I remembered the lady in the hoodie, because I never saw her leave. I started asking Evan if he had seen her when the woman had come running back to the front, saying that there was a baby in the restroom. I remember I just paused for a second to register what she said when she clarified. There was a newborn in there, alone. I immediately rushed to the restroom, and in the stall was a newborn in the toilet. It looked like someone tried to cover the poor thing with toilet paper and seat covers. I have a daughter. She's a teen now, but I remember when she was born and it being the best feeling in the world, so this made my heart drop. I immediately grabbed the baby and noticed that she wasn't breathing. She was cold and almost a purple color. I took her to the sink and tried my best to run some warm water on her and clean her up and I did my best with CPR. I was so worried that I was going to hurt her or that I was too late, but she finally started crying. I was relieved, but still in shock, as I held this baby with no sign of her mother. I picked her up and immediately ran to the front, asking Evan to grab towels from the kitchen as I grabbed the phone to call 911. When Evan came back, he looked as confused as I did at first. I wrapped the baby up the best I could and got her to stop crying. The woman that found her said she just opened the stall and saw her in there, but there was no one else in sight. She was the only person that had asked for the restrooms since the woman in the hoodie. That's when it dawned on me that she probably looked the way she did because she was going into labor. But if so, she left without me even seeing her, and how long was she in there? We didn't even hear someone, and believe me, labor is not a silent thing. 
With our location, the ambulance didn't arrive fast, but it also felt like an eternity, holding this baby, trying to comfort her, knowing that one of the first faces she's seen, she may never see again. With the ambulance and the police there, they took our statements, and that's when I really started feeling awful. We didn't even see the car she was in. We didn't know where she was coming from, or where she was going. She could have been in a completely different state by this time. We did have cameras set up, so we had to give that to the police, but unfortunately, the one inside was the only one that recorded. The one of the parking lot was live and didn't save, so we didn't have car information. Before they left, the paramedic did tell me that the baby seemed fine, and that I most likely saved her life. I don't know if they ever found the mom, but I hope the girl is doing okay. After that, I took a CPR class, and I paid more attention to my customers and their comings and goings. So that was a collection of three genuinely freaky gas station stories. Holy crap. Gas stations are weird and terrifying places, apparently. But I mean, you gotta look at what it is. It's not just basic retail, right? A lot of them are open 24-7. Like, around here, you got Quick Trip and Casey's, and they're 24-7. Um, I can imagine being open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, you get some weirdos, as these stories kind of explained. Um, hopefully you all enjoyed them. Hopefully they didn't scare you too much. And hopefully you guys will come back for more. Well, if you did enjoy it, hit that thumbs up button. If you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button and the bell icon next to it if you so feel. And let me know in the comments what you thought of the video. Which story was your favorite? What's your favorite color? What's my favorite color? Do you know my favorite color? What's Patience's favorite color? Who is Patience? Where is Patience? All of these valid questions that only you can answer. I got nothing else. Have a good night. Sleep well.